inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. On Radio Western. Good Monday morning. Good morning. Had some great music there uh, throughout the morning to pump us up and get us here. Yes, very positive, inspiring music for a Monday morning holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, all of our listeners, whoever's listening right now and who might be listening in the future online. Yeah, thanks for listening. It's pretty quiet around here. It's a holiday, but we're we're happy to come in and do a show. You never know what different audience you might get on that day. So true. So very this true. is Outlook uh, on ninety four nine CHRW Radio Western, and this is our year two of doing the show. And we were wondering who our first guest would be, and we've booked one. Yeah, <laughs> already we one. have a we have a guest for our second yeah. year on uh, on the air with Outlook. So yeah, let's just right get into it, get right into it then. I guess. Uh, um, Hi, Roger. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Carrie. How's everybody today? Happy Thanksgiving to one and all. Yeah, everybody's full. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was wonderful. Popped over to my mom's yesterday after church and uh, feasted <laughs> and uh, just chilling. Feasted. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. If you want, if you wouldn't mind saying maybe your full name, because I know you told us the proper way to pronounce it, but I don't want to say it wrong incorrectly. So, I'm Roger Winston. Adamson, Jonathan, Albert, Curry, the seventeenth. Wow! Oh wow! I wasn't no. expecting that. That's the, Roger Curry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just made that up. Wow! You, yes, you got I me. I guess I'm not uh, totally okay. with it on a Monday morning. Mine's here, not on his game. That's what Turkey does to you. Gets the creative juices <laughs> yeah, flowing. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty gullible, but I don't know about Brian. But he sometimes he fell yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that though. Oh, Brian has two middle names. Yeah, I have two. So at first, it sounded sounded it sounded believable. plausible at first. Yeah. Yeah. No, just Roger Curry. Curry. Yeah. Curry. No, yeah. I mean we have Kajuski as our last name, so we understand, you know, when someone sort of butchers the name. But uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, uh, no problem. <laughs> or even like basically, if folks are using screen readers or text-to-speech yeah. programs, it just sort of goes into left field sometimes with the way That's it true. perceives it. Yeah, like and like my name too, K E R R Y. <clears throat> you know, things like that. But yeah, voiceover kind of says your name when I'm listening. It says Curry. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. It says, yeah, that's the thing with our, like Roger just said, with our speech programs that we use to read uh, stuff on the computer screen, it, it pronounces things a certain way, and you don't always really know the spellings unless you have a Braille Braille display, like Carrie and I both do here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we run the show. Yes. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, you do another show here on, on the station as well. Yeah, we didn't have to give you directions to get here. Oh, no. I was here bright and early. You were here before I know us. the Yeah. <laughs> I know the way here. And uh, I've been hosting a weekly Catholic talk show on CHRW since September 15, 1996. Uh-huh. I began as a volunteer back in, say, about 1995, just volunteering in a variety of different departments, learning the station, learning how to operate and be on the air and do certain things in the newsroom and things like that. And then I just felt a calling to do my own show, but not music or anything like that, but more just a talk show to present information about the Catholic Church, news and information, and just to kind of have 
a little bit uh, to dispel any of the stereotypes or any of the misinformation that people might think they might know or might have heard about the Catholic Church that I was just going to present just accurate, concise information for folks who don't know and also to strengthen the faith of Catholics who do know because just any resource to help people along their faith journey would be would be helpful. So I actually be- began here on bright and early on a Sunday morning at 6.30 in the morning. That was the only time slot available. So I said to myself, well, you know, I just want the time. I want the time slot. I want the opportunity. And then about after, I don't know, maybe about a year of that, then I was, no, within that year, I'm sorry, within that year, the program director told me, well, hey, if you want a one-hour time slot, you can come in for 6 a.m. And I thought, oh, great, now I get one hour, (laughs) which meant I had to come in even earlier, but that's fine because it was a passion that I wanted to do. And I actually had listeners. There were people that were listening who were kind of leftovers from the overnight show because there was a 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. you know type uh, music show Mm -hmm. and they were still up and about and then you know they got the hard rock going and then whammo that comes on yeah and you got Ave Maria and Gregorian (laughs) chants coming on like what the heck just happened here and then they would tune in sometimes they would call in and I like that I didn't want to only cater to you know the you know how you say you're just speaking to the choir. I didn't mm. want to just cater to the choir. I wanted to cater to people, just any man or woman out there on the street, whatever their life circumstances are, just to hear the news and information. And then probably about a year after that, so in my second year, a time slot became available on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m., which was <laughs> also an amazing opportunity because now I was able to catch people who were otherwise doing their errands and they were just channel surfing and then they'd hear a talk show they'd hear a call-in segment and I'd get people to call in if I had a guest or there was news and information and then as the station evolved the time slots and the programming changed so I'm basically for the last few years find myself on Monday nights at 6 p.m. and how's that time slot working for you Pretty good, pretty good, but I do miss the Saturday afternoon time slot. There mm-hmm. was no other time slot that I found where I was able to reach out to just anyone and everyone because I'd even run into like friends from church or family or friends are like, hey, I caught your program. Oh, yeah, what'd you like about it? Oh, you were talking to, and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, that was like two or three months ago. Well, wow, that's good. Ah. It stuck out yeah. in their mind. Or you'd get, uh, you know, folks again, you know, call in. So, for example, I might have a bishop uh, just taking questions. You want to have a question about the Catholic Church, you have a question about the Bible, go ahead. Anything Mm -hmm. goes. Whatever Mm -hmm. you want to ask. And he was very smart and articulate. He could just answer questions on the fly and he could point you to references and things like that, just like that. Now, he died about a month ago uh, in his early 90s, but he was such a very smart and dedicated guy so you'd have people calling up yeah i'm just on the road here and i heard your program and i i've always wondered and then they would they would go into that you know why do catholics do this or i've always wondered da, 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 about my faith can you help me understand it and he was yeah. great that's great um you know that's what's so great about this station it, it lets anybody have a show brian wanted a show to, to sort of be able to play the music he likes that he didn't get to grow up hearing on the radio or didn't doesn't hear now and that's that's a thing and and you and it's a university students you know 
you're assuming that, that university students are listening and usually, you know, hopefully they have open minds and they're here to learn. Um, but yeah, like you said, you just reach the local community also. So that's great about this, this yeah. station. And the other thing too is like a lot of people don't expect a blind person to be hosting a Catholic show. Yeah. They're expecting a priest or a bishop, right. you know, like a clergyman. Or when I was helping out in the newsroom, I was doing feature interviews for the Daily News Magazine show. Mm. So I was kind of like nice. a, a journalist in training. People are not expecting yeah. a blind guy on the other side. So, exactly. you know, I'd often get guests saying, uh, yeah, I just faxed you the uh, the press release. All the, you know, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was back like back in, in the days, 90s yeah. and yeah. the yeah. 2000s. And like, okay, well, I'm blind and I need to... Uh, I need I need a minute here to get things organized so that I could get the info. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. and then people yeah. didn't know. Or same thing too. Like when I talk about my own my own challenges and my own ways of doing things, uh, some people are like, uh, "So you must have somebody helping you out when you're hosting yeah. that show." I'm like, "No, no, I don't." I mean, I've had people fill in for me over the years when I've, for example, gone away to school sometimes, mm-hmm. or or whatnot. So there's been guest hosts and there's been yeah. co-hosts for people to kind of learn the ropes. There's been uh, a lot of guest speakers, but. No, it's just me, just like you, Brian. Like you're right behind the controls. You're you're manning the ship, and uh, maybe when let's say when you're gone, uh, like away on vacation or whatever, Carrie can jump in behind you and get her behind the controls. I should there. probably start to. She, learn. she she did the show once by herself, but uh, at that point Pam was still here and she she helped with the board because yeah. Carrie hasn't had the, the training on there. But I'd love to yeah, sit down learn. with Carrie and show her yeah. one day, right? And that's the thing, just it's to like, know if I can't make it. And yeah, exactly. And it's just like. Um, people giving a hand up in a sense that yeah. we were blind we know these skills we're applying these skills in a lot of different facets that people might not expect it mm-hmm. and i'm just hoping to like that's one of the main thrusts why i approached you guys as i said like i'd really like to talk about my my involvement my life because there's a lot of things that i've done that are quote unquote unstereotypical mm-hmm. of a blind person being involved in a lot of different kinds of facets of, of life, whether it's church life, home life, work life, or like in the community. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will expect, oh, okay, well, okay, you're blind, so you're going to be picketing City Hall because you want equal rights for the blind, or you are you want books on... You're going to do everything that just relates to the blind, not, that's not right. something else. Mm-hmm. That's right. The, but your other passions. In there's your- other passions where blind people can take their skills and abilities mm-hmm. and apply them in a lot of different kinds of ways. And you're doing great activism without even trying, or it's not even the point, really, But because you're living your life, but you're also showing any kind of community, whether it's religious or community, you know, whatever it might be, that you can just get in there and do whatever you, whatever anyone else might be doing. And in, in a way, that, that's that's good enough because it's just, it's breaking down those, yeah. those stereotypes. Like in the in the spiritual world, world, people say that you can preach without preaching. Mm-hmm. Which means exactly. that, like, just the way people see you live your life yeah. is kind of like the indirect way of preaching of how to live a holy life or a good life mm-hmm. or or being a good person. And same thing too, like you said, when people in the community see blind people involved in like leadership roles or they're involved in an active way, that is also kind of like advertising and promotion of the abilities of blind people as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself then in, in general, um, you know, how long you've lived in town, what, what you know, are you, are you completely blind? Uh, I know you have a cane like us, but uh, have you okay. ever had- So 
good question. So I've lived in London my whole life. Okay. I attended mainstream school here in London. A couple of different schools, you know, kind of like junior kindergarten, kindergarten, just yeah. the family's been moving around quite a bit, but largely from grade one to grade eight. It's been at Holy Rosary Elementary School. Then I attended Catholic Central High School mm. uh, downtown. And then I got a undergraduate degree here at Western, a BA. And so I know the campus quite well. So that's why mm. I began this program while I was an undergrad and then just stuck with it for the last 23 years. Mm -hmm. um, my eye condition is Lieber's, just like you guys. Mm. And it was from infancy, but I don't have the other complication that like yourselves mentioned to me about uh, the kidney the broader I, I, syndrome yeah. I, I right, totally, that's a broader syndrome that includes I, the Liebers along with it's called the, the senior locan syndrome that yeah, we have and, and I had never heard that. of that like mm. until you guys mentioned right, it right no, that's, and it's very very and, uncommon yeah like I mean Liebers is very kind of like it's, it's almost like you guys are the minority within a minority yeah, yeah. I guess so yeah Liebers isn't I mean? very common either right so. right now I have two siblings an older and a younger brother and they are also affected by oh, Liebers really? And uh, my parents uh, emigrated from Lebanon in the 19, late 1960s. And so me and my brothers were born here First and we generation. all attended mainstream school. And, uh, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to attend mainstream school. There's pros and cons to attending, you know, uh, a blind school. So, oh, yeah, we could have that whole episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but I found uh, having a Catholic education and being educated in a mainstream school to be very, very rewarding. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it had its challenges as well because obviously the school wasn't prepared and they, they commonly, you know, this was new, having visually impaired kids at their school. And at that time, I was able to read large print and I was able to participate in some sports but um, sometimes you know I was forbidden from doing certain things because they thought that it was going to be too dangerous or there was a risk in me getting hurt or whatever so that sometimes was a little bit of a thorn in my side because I remember in grade 7 uh, we had the competition to be in on the athletic team uh, because there was uh, cross country uh, competitions of athletics and so I remember running down the street with the with the group of guys to see who's going to make it onto the guys team and I was the runner up I was the fourth runner up so they took the three top guys and then the teacher told me well if one of them drops out or can't make it you're going to be the stand in I'm like oh okay that's cool mm -hmm. but uh, then I later learned that one of them got moved to another team uh, just the way that it had worked out. I'm like, okay, great. So now here's my yeah, great chance to go, get in but there. But then I never was. They, they put somebody else. And by the time I found out, it was already a done deal. And then I asked a teacher about that. And she said, well, I didn't think that you could see the lines on the track. And I go, yes, I can. I, I wish you would have asked me. And I was like really hurt by that. But I mean, I, I took my incidences of you know quote-unquote discrimination or being left out I didn't I didn't let them crush me it was a hurtful thing and there were hurtful things along the way and bullying and teasing but I never let that crush me and I was very fortunate in that regard and I know it's easier said than done but I used those as ways to learn about myself and becoming stronger and then that also allowed me to get involved in other kinds of things uh, because so I said to myself well I can't really do a lot of sports I can do some sports but then that moved my attention to learning about computers and computer programming and things like that. And then also when I was in high school, I was heavily involved in a lot of the clubs and activities. Now, I couldn't 
play on the football team, but I was helping out by volunteering on the football team. So that was a way that I could sort of get my foot in the door and be involved in uh, in football. And I was involved, for example, in like the the yearbook committee, the debate club, wow. the school wow. newspaper. So I did a lot you did of a lot that more too. in high school than I did. I went to <laughs> yeah. class and went home. Well, I, I, I that's really cool. Though. It almost became like a full time job in mm-hmm. the sense that I would want to be involved, and and I found mm-hmm. that it really helped. So, for example, when you're writing for the school newspaper, you're writing an article, and then you got you know the teacher advisors that are looking after the newspaper. They're going to edit your article, and they're going to they're going to tell you how to improve it or rewrite it, and that that spilled over into positive things when I was writing essays and things like that for English class. And it it caused you to have better writing skills, better organizational skills. And then when it came time to being on the debating team and uh, having practice debating and things like that, that spilled over too. So when I'm in history class or politics class, you know, like bang like that, anyone wants to try to debate me, no way, you can't stand a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yeah, I I kind of wish I could could have seen you on that debate team. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Um, oh, you, and you let just me, got into it, all of it. Yeah. yeah, and let me say too, like I mean, being able to debate and stand up and and stick to your guns. I mm-hmm. mean, that also spilled up into like the kinds of advocacy work that I did like later in life because you need to you need to argue, debate, take another person's point, and you know, and and be organized in that regard. So, like. We can fast forward, and one of the things that I was involved in from 2003 to 2011 was being on the city's accessibility advisory committee. And for four of those years, the last four of those years, I was the chairperson. So dealing with city councilors, city staffs, policies, procedures, Mm -hmm. going to meetings. It was very, very regimented, very governmental. And uh, sometimes you're the guest speaker to talk about an issue or event and then you got three or four city councillors like you know they open up their guns and they fire away question after question after question because they really want to know should we go ahead with this plan that you're proposing or should we not or Mm -hmm. what are the ramifications and you could get easily crushed when you oh my god why are they asking me all these questions can't they just go ahead with this well yeah but you got to maintain your calm and your cool and you got to really know what you're advocating for and that they they won't shake you down wow well, yeah, and uh, as I'll just point out, uh, I think with the election coming up, Brian and I are going to do a show about a bit about politics and things, and I'm getting on, involved on my committee in my town, and yeah, like to learn about how city council works and how these things get pushed through, and that's a lot of great skill and a lot of great training, and and you are listening to Outlook on this Thanksgiving Monday, and we have a guest here. Um, thanks again for being here, Roger. Oh, it's no problem. It's a, um, it's a great pleasure. I'm learning a lot about you already that... Yeah, there's so, so yeah. much. Yeah, there's so much we could talk about. We, uh, you know, um, so we met Roger. How did that work again? Yeah, so we we uh, starting this the CFB, which this show is inspired by, as you hear on the theme, um, has really helped us to connect with other blind people out. Um, obviously, traveling through our, to the to BC and to Orlando for our conventions, but also here, yeah. even in London. Um, so when we organized our well, actually, when I started here at the station and I started doing my music show before. We did Outlook. Um, it was it was mentioned to me by um, Andrew, the the station manager, mm-hmm. um, that that he knew uh, a guy named Roger who's also visually impaired or blind. I guess I guess blind maybe mm-hmm. is a better yeah, word. Yeah, at this point, like I basically have I don't really have much vision. Yeah, anymore. we're all kind of getting around that same point, I think. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think if I don't know, I feel I kind of feel like if you say visually impaired, people think that you can maybe still see more. 
I, I don't know. I just think, because I th- actually I had that the other day. I was talking to an Uber driver who was supposed to pick me up, and I said, two visually impaired people standing outside, and he was kind of like, what, what? But then when I said blind right away, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's very definitive. It sounds a little more, it's a little more easy, mm-hmm. easy to understand, I think. Um, but anyway, my, my back to my point that, um, so it was mentioned to me then that uh, when I started here that there was another blind person doing a show and maybe I'd want to connect with them. But I don't know if I actually, I don't think I actually did at that point. Um, no, you said forget about them. I don't need them. <laughs> well, I'll figure this out on my own. Sometimes it's like, oh, another blind person. Of course you're going to Yeah, you're going to mention me. that. doesn't but, mean oh, we have anything in common just because we're both blind. But mm-hmm. yet, like we say, it you is You can good. also get some tips and it's some, some to ideas mm-hmm. too. So it, each other. it goes both ways. Um, <laughs> but anyway, then then it came up um, that we, want, we were organizing a social event um, for the CFB here in London, mm-hmm. and we reached out to a bunch of people and um, another another friend of ours, um, Sarah, who lives in London here. Mm-hmm. She was the one, I believe, who uh, yeah, passed she sent the message along email. to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, sent out an email to a bunch of people, and I responded, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to go and be involved with the CFB, because I had heard about the CFB a long time ago, just never really connected. I mean, I've, I've called them, I've checked out the website, I've, I've spoken to them, I met a couple of them, I met Mary Ellen mm-hmm. in Orlando back in 2015. Um, when I had gone to the NFB convention on my own, but right. didn't really didn't really connect with the CFB in that regard. So I said, "Hey, you're organizing a social, so this is a good good opportunity to introduce myself and meet other people." Yeah, that was great. Glad yeah. you glad you came. Yeah, because that, that was the first time I'd met you, and uh, it was a really great experience. And mm-hmm. um, thank you, Sam. Kept here. in touch ever since. That was that was, I guess, just over a year now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that that happened. So um, I just want to take, take a quick moment to go to my co-host, or my co-host, I guess that's what you are, right, Kara? Yep. Um, we have about five minutes left, but there's no in the news today, so I don't know if we'd be interested in going longer or if we think 11.30 is, is enough. It's up to you guys, or you, Kara. Uh, it's also up to our guest. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm fine. I, I also wanted to talk a little bit about just some of my involvement in leadership roles yeah. like in the in the religious sphere. So we could probably go and do get to a bit of a break. A break yeah. Mm-hmm. Midway, midway Make a little here. midway break and then come back. Mm-hmm. All right. We've, we've had a couple times where we thought and talked about going a whole hour when on a holiday or whatever, and we almost but didn't. So I'm just uh, in the middle. Well, I'm, I'm listening and trying to multitask. I'm I'm texting the the program director. Right now, and uh, that's fine. She it's said there was no in the news, so I said, okay. you know what? Maybe we'll maybe we'll do a whole hour. It's good. To, it's good to actually explain what's going on here in the studio. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm using my braille display, right? So I can still text and read while I'm on the air talking. So and it's mm-hmm. also nice now if we know we're we're going to extend the time that we don't because you know I always want to stay on task so I can finish up in a nice way. I don't like to cut it off near the end so mm-hmm. abruptly. Not so. like okay, bye, see ya. Yeah, Wait, it can be really go. awkward. We gotta go. <laughs> Um, so yeah, sounds good. So will you have some promos to play in a few minutes prior? Yes, I think we will. Okay. So, but uh, we can still talk for a but, few minutes. Yeah. Then. Anyway, was it who, was it you, Roger? Then who who hooked us up with this um this barbecue idea? Yeah, because I I always know that like any organization, any charitable group always has challenges trying to figure out ways that are doable to uh, raise funds because oh, raising yes. funds does help. It's not the be all and end all, but it does help. So I said, hey, there's a great opportunity that helped another group get involved with it. So then I told you guys about it and I said, it's a really good opportunity because it creates opportunities for the blind to do things and gets you out there into the community. They get to see that blind people are doing stuff and you get to raise a few bucks at the same idea. Yeah. So maybe we'll quickly, I'll just quickly mention what that is again. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it on the show because we've we've had um, three this season and one last year. Um, but yeah, this is an excellent opportunity that Roger told us about at Canadian Tire here in London at Wonderland and Southdale, um, where they where they give you the uh, the barbecue 
and a couple t- a few tables and um, all the stuff outside there and they give that to you for free and you can you just have to bring your own hamburgers and hot dogs and whatever you decide to, to make up and sausages and uh, you can do that at, the, at, at their uh, spot there so it's it's such an amazing opportunity and we've done it and we plan to do it again next year and yeah just really wanted to thank Roger for that. Oh, no problem at all. I hadn't heard it's of that a, at It's all, a very, so. very awesome opportunity because they're so generous with giving you the use of the barbecue and the tables and chairs because most of the time, some stores will say, yeah, sure, you can use the front frontage of our store, but then you have to bring the barbecue, the propane, <laughs> the tables and chairs. Right. And that's fine and dandy if you have a pickup truck and you drive, yes. but in our case, it's not so easy. No. Not for us. So it was very generous of them. So all groups, there's there's a, a rotating trio or I don't know how many different groups every, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that do mm-hmm. it that, you know, benefit their, you know, soccer team, their charitable group or whatever. And how did you hear about that originally? I don't know if you said or... I knew that the, the Lions Club uh, does that. So I wanted to help out your your group and another group prior to that get in there because it was a good opportunity for the blind because we didn't have to worry about bringing the barbecues we didn't and then it created opportunities for blind people to do stuff because um a lot of times you know and and i i know i'm preaching to the choir to you guys but mm-hmm. like i i know that like people think of the blind as yeah poor blind people yeah let's let's donate a couple bucks and and help out the blind oh uh and then they're like handing you the money and then you don't know that they're handing you the money or maybe you put your hand out and they're expecting you just to grab it from their hand and then it's they're like oh oh oh, oh okay yeah oh you're blind oh here I'll put the money in your hand you know or or whatever you know what I mean like they're not expecting the blind person to be serving them they're expecting the blind person to be like on a street corner with a tin cup looking for a handout I, I hate to say it but I mean that's what like some people have as a stereotype in their mind so yeah. it's like the blind are advocating for themselves they're helping out an organization that benefits them and they get to like you know quote unquote like interact with the blind so it's not just somebody you know sitting on the street or just back in the corner of their house or whatever that's you know not doing anything we're doing stuff yeah Brian thought about busking in the past right Brian just sitting on the street with your guitar case and your guitar yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I haven't really thought <laughs> no, of that. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, yeah, people do that, and that, that's cool, too. No, no, busking's it's... fine. But, yeah, there is that old stereotype of a, a cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One person and their cup. Mm-hmm. So then the thing is, like, I mean, by us as blind people being involved in just the everydayness or the, you know, the, the things that we do in everyday life, like, that in itself is a promotion of blind people being involved. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, you can be the CEO of a company, absolutely. You can be a great doctor, a physician, a, a student, whatever. You have those great high hopes, and that's awesome because the more blind people that get into those professional roles and careers, the better it is to help other blind people to be encouraged into it, and it also shows that the blind people can accomplish those, and that's great. But every one of us can just do the ordinariness of everyday life, going on the city bus, going downtown to meet a friend for a coffee, volunteering at an organization. It doesn't have to be a blindness-related organization. Mm-hmm. It could just be any organization in the community. And then that, you know, really kind of like lets people know that the, there's there's no barrier to having a blind person being at the front desk of their, say, charitable organization, greeting people, or being like... Um, in charge of fundraising or or whatever facet it might be because those are 
ways that you too as a blind person can open up opportunities because when you're volunteering at an organization you're sort of on display they're seeing your abilities and the way you are so when there's a job that might come up at that organization or on another organization you can use references and say hey i worked for you know charity x i've i volunteered for them now i want to work for you or now i want to like find another job and that might create good opportunities to network and build your resume up mm-hmm all right. Well, um, with that said, I think we'll take a little break as it's 1130 and we're going to play a few promos and we'll be right back with Roger here on Outlook 94.9 CHRW Radio Western. Yes, we are back. Oh, great. Okay, well, thank you um, for listening. And everybody, normally at this time, uh, you would be hearing in the news, uh, but hopefully today they're off enjoying some pumpkin pie or something. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. this holiday. So we will fill in for them. With our guest here on Outlook, Roger. Hey there, everybody. Yes, thank you for coming on. Yeah, so we're, fascinating we're so in the middle of a, a fascinating discussion, and there's lots to talk about, so let's yeah. give it another half-hour try here. Um, I was just going to say that... Uh, yeah, so I'm just curious about going back a little bit again. With you in the station, so you've been here since 96. Um, oh, 95. 95. Yeah. What have you seen as far as changes here, as far as being able to, um, you know, learn the equipment and how, and how t- you know, with technologies changed and all that stuff? Well, the funny thing is, like, I mean, I was here in 1995 for a year, mm-hmm. essentially, training on the equipment. Well, guess what? I show up on Sunday morning the 15th of September to do my first show and whammo different equipment I'm like <laughs> when, when, what happened here Uh-oh. so um, I, I couldn't believe it like I mean the, uh, the the CD players were changed just like almost like overnight and uh, but fortunately the guy that was here he you know he showed me how to use it and it was a very easy system it had just like say a turn wheel to select the track and then there's like a on like a, a play and a stop button uh, so that was like you gotta you know they, they say kind of like baptism by fire like whammo mm-hmm. you gotta sort of just dive right into it so I didn't let that phase me but I mean in terms of like this station over the last 23 years that I've been here it has it has evolved. It has changed. There's a greater emphasis on, you know, computers, technology, online presence. So that aspect of it, and then also the physical machines and devices and mm-hmm. boards and where things are and how to transfer, say, a call from the phone onto the board. A lot of that has changed. So you just sort of you roll with it, and uh, you sort of just try to get used to those kinds of changes. Yeah, and that's a good point about being blind in general is that you it does help when there's a system and you know what's where um, and then that, that that's not always the reality of uh, in life um, it's for for traveling with construction or for a radio station different gear um, it's been really good since I've been here they've had this board set up so I know what channel is which mic and which channel is which CD player but I know that stuff can be changed sometimes um, so it's always important. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty consistent. It has been really great the last the, couple of years. But. but, you know, sometimes we used to have, like, uh, yearly 
uh, meetings. And then there was a time, hey, does anybody have anything else to say? So I put up my hand and I stood up and I just say, hey, guys, just to let you know, there's there's blind people that are hosting shows or who might have guests coming into the studio. Can I just kindly ask you guys not to leave it in a mess? Like you, you leave all these chairs and I got to climb all over these chairs and bang <laughs> up my knees before I even get behind the microphone. So just please tuck in your chairs. Yeah. Don't leave things here, there and everywhere. And after I did that, I've, I noticed a big change. I noticed that like people were just not thinking of it. They just get and up I mean, and it's, leave. It's one of those things that's also, well, it helps helps us not being able to see. It, it also is just a good thing for everyone to be a little more organized and have things set a certain way. And I don't know. I think it's I think it's goes it's good all around. So. Oh, exactly, exactly. So I was I was really happy with that kind of a positive change and and whatnot. And like my my involvement too, like it sort of in, evolved more into like I literally was doing hundreds of feature interviews. So uh, for example, I would want to interview say the the minister of. Uh, cultural affairs. So I'd make a phone call to Ottawa and I'd say, you just put out a press release about XYZ. Could I have the honor of an interview? And let's say they say yes. So then I would record the interview in the newsroom and then it would be played on a daily news magazine show, which ran from Monday to Friday. So maybe about like a 12 minute interview. So I I literally did hundreds of those. And um, people would be thinking that like, you know, when I talk about my involvement at CHRW, they kind of confused that. They kind of said, well, you do a weekly Catholic show. And are you like interviewing Catholic guests for the newsroom? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm wearing basically two hats. That's essentially what it is. And that helped, that helped me, you know, how I was talking a little bit earlier about, you know, creating opportunities with your volunteerism. Those interviews uh, really helped me out when I applied for a job at AMI doing the very same thing where you would be doing feature interviews about interesting people and things that are happening. So I was able to showcase some of those interviews to say, here's the kind of work that I can do. And I got set up with my own audio mixer, hooked up to my computer with a microphone. So I was able to do the interviews from my home, from the computer, and then I would edit the interview and then send it off to Toronto for broadcast. So that that really worked out quite well. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's, so, that's so cool. Um, just a quick backtrack to Carrie's question um, about changes over the years and stuff. I'm just kind of curious the first time you ever came here, um, not you know having your low vision and stuff if how pe- how receptive people were here because i noticed when i came in for my music show there wasn't even mention of it by like i was the one who brought it up at the end like it wasn't nobody it wasn't a big deal i kind of came in here thinking like oh they're gonna be all unsure like oh how are you gonna figure this out how are you gonna use the board but i didn't get that at all and i was just curious if you had a bit of that at all there the was beginning or- yeah there was some hesitation absolutely and uh but there was a very strong advocate on my side and i didn't know that but yeah, like when you go back into the 90s, it's just like the evolution of acceptance. Yeah, and it's a different equality. time then, yeah. So it was like, yeah, like how is this guy going to do it sort of thing. That's the impression that I that I felt. But as I volunteered like over that year, really, really, really learning how to use the equipment. So And I, and I never even had the idea of doing my own Catholic show when I began volunteering here. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to spin some tunes. I was a kid that would just pretend to be a DJ in my basement. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. Spinning tunes. Yep. I, I yeah. think a lot of us did that yeah. as DJs. And that's really all that I wanted to do. But then it's like, oh, some of this music, ah, I don't know. It's not really, I'm more into more like top 40 type music, maybe like jazz and blues and things like that. So I said, you know what? My heart and soul is not going to be in it. So let's see what else I can do. So that's why I volunteered in different 
areas of the station, like you know, promotion, marketing, you know, and all that, and all that sort of thing. And then um, the strong advocate was actually the program director at the time, where he went over to the CNIB and he got a Braille labeler, and he oh, wanted really? to label the the board. And I told him, I go, well, I I know like my experience with braille is just basically the uncontracted braille but i told them honestly we don't have to go that far like when i want to use the on-air console or whatever i just know you know um where the microphone is like the master mic Mm -hmm. and i know where the channels are you know it's like three over from the right that's really i go you know don't worry about it but it was very very proactive of him to want to be able to do that yeah to, th- to even think of that and, it, and that's a good point because even now here the board isn't isn't brailled and i mean I, if i if i really needed that or I requested it everyone here is so amazing i know they would do it but it's i don't need it and maybe i'm not thinking about other people maybe there are some blind people out there that would benefit from having actual braille on some of this and um yeah then they would have to like sort of speak up there's been other like blind and low vision folks that have like been through the doors here they've they've come and gone Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like helped people see here that yeah hey you know what it's just like it's just going to be yeah because i'm coming i'm coming in in 2017 when there's you've been doing a show for over 20 years and there's Mm -hmm. been other people um john the night bad and amongst others exactly with with uh, low vision so since then it has really um you can see from the 90s to today because i didn't feel that hesitation at all yeah so they know it's very doable by a blind person they just it's just like okay how are we going to make this work um you know and it might it might need like just you know something might be specific for for you and not for me or vice versa you know sort of thing well the point is is the lesson there this is what you kind of said earlier about when you were running track I mean, they must have ha- maybe had the atten- intention that we were never in- we're never going to intend to let this guy do it. We're just going to say it. But if if that wasn't true, and maybe you you know, if you'd known what was going on, all they would have had to do, like you said, was ask you. Exactly. Can you see the lines? Yeah. Yes, I can. Yes, and I so would've. so the mm-hmm. same thing with this. Like, I mean, it's it's nice that there's a CNIB out there, and but that's not always the answer. But obviously, most sighted people who have good intentions like that will think that's where you go to get the help. But all you have to do, if you um really want to individualize it is actually ask the person what works for them and and that's that's getting more common and that's great to see yeah exactly because like when you when you dignify the the blind person or the person with a disability you do that by just simply sitting down and talking to them saying okay there's this hurdle here i see it as a hurdle do you see it as a hurdle and the person with a disability may say no that's uh, like you know that's that's easy to get around so for example when I took up the leadership role in the Knights of Columbus when I'm involved in church or even at work uh, Mm -hmm. people for example okay let me ask you let me tell you this sorry I was asked when I got hired well you know I'm not sure but like how are you going to be able to distinguish the bottles okay because I work in housekeeping you have to use a different kind of a cleaner for every kind of circumstance Uh And I thought to myself, like, immediately, I thought to myself, that's it? That's the only hang-up they have? <laughs> no, like, this is good. This is yeah, a, this, this, is, this is a piece of cake. Yeah. I thought they were going to sit there and say to, say to me some stuff like, well, how are you going to get around? It's a 122,000-square-foot facility on multiple floors, multiple levels, a lot of variables of how to get around, and sw- and you have to be able to, you know, change the garbages and paper towels, and how are you going to be able to do They never even questioned that because they saw me as a volunteer swinging through the entire building without a problem then 
the only thing was, well, how are you going to be? And I and I gave them, I gave them answers. I was ready, bang, yep. bang, bang, yeah. of how I would. And that's a big point we always bring up is it's, it can be tough sometimes, especially if you don't have the support or the people to go to 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 figure this stuff out. And everyone's at a different um, level and spot in their in their in their life. But if it's important when you go into these situations to be prepared for things that might come up and be prepared for. Ha, be, do some research and be aware of what is out there for you to, to make the job possible instead of putting it all on them because they're not going to know exactly what issues you have and what issues you don't have that they might think you have. So Yeah, or or don't be afraid to just simply say, I don't know the answer to that, but let me reach out right. to my friends in the blind community and let's see how they get around it. Let's see if there's an answer. Or there might be like conferences that you go to. So for example, I went to the CCB Accessibility Expo back in, I think it was in early February, and I was able to connect with a company that works with making PDF files accessible. I'm like, whoa, this uh. is so timely, because in the Knights of Columbus, everybody's using PDF files for information and <laughs> right. things yep. like that. I just, I go, I to be able to do my job as the Grand Knight, as the leader of the council, I need to have access to this information. So, you know what I mean? So you kind of like, you open opportunities for yourself by finding out different companies and resources that could help you do what you got to do. But what they also don't realize with this job, um, this facility you do work at, you've learned your way around and you know it. Part of how you do that is because of how, all your years here at Western. You say you, 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 you know the campus quite well. And how does anybody learn a big you know university campus? It, it's intimidating at first. But oh, you, exactly. you master that and then you can master you know multiple floors and a big facility in a job after that. Yes. And one of the, one of the friends that I met online, she's deceased now, but she left behind for me a very, very valuable piece of advice. I can't really remember what her and I were talking about at the time, but it was a, a big it was a big project or it was a big task. And then she said to me, okay, well, here, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what? Okay. And she said, how do you eat an elephant? And that kind of like threw me for a loop. I'm like, what? What is she talking about? Does she know we're not even talking about elephants or animals? And then she said, yeah, like, how do you eat it? I go, I don't know. She goes, it's a joke? No, there's a lesson to be learned. <laughs> yeah. There, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So with your big task, your big project that you got going, do it one bite at a time. So learning the, uh, the health club that I'm at, that I work at when I was a volunteer, how do you learn 122,000 square feet to navigate over three levels? Well... You start with an area and you just focus in that this is for me anyways. You start mm -hmm. and then you focus on it. You you learn that area well. Then you branch out a little bit more and you start getting into like going into different spots, different areas, and learn those areas well. That benefited me so that I could do a workout using the different free weights, the different equipment, the cardio and the machines. And that also helped me out like as a volunteer when I was there. And then that spilled over to benefit when I was hired on a staff so I say to other people when you encounter like for example this campus when I started here as an undergraduate student this campus is very unique not the only one in Canada but it's among few that mm -hmm. is spread over like such a huge piece of land that spread over from like far east far west and then you got the main campus so if you have yeah, classes crazy, yeah. you know like at the at the colleges, like the affiliate colleges, and then you gotta like learn how to get back to main campus and da 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 da. da. So then I just say to people, okay, fine. If you want to take that on and and do it and learn your way back and forth, that's great. For me, I started off at 
uh, main campus, and I and I just basically started off in a certain area, and then I would just sort of branch out. Slowly add to that. That's right. And a lot of people sometimes they say, well, you know what, I'm going to start off as a part of an affiliate colleges because of the, the social aspect of it, because it's a smaller facility, smaller classes, more mm-hmm. little more intimate. But then also, like in addition to that, I mean, you got smaller, you got, you have a smaller footprint that you have to worry about. You have to definitely learn your way around. But then it's the same thing too, uh, Brian. When you were like at Fanshawe, that's a daunting, huge facility. Like you know, for sure, especially first year when my classes I was taking general arts, <coughs> general arts. So all the classes were in different buildings where you're running all across the school, and you only have ten minutes to get there, kind of thing. Exactly. Whereas when I went to to Fanshawe for music industry arts, that's all kind of for the most part in one little area. So that yeah. was a lot smaller. Um, yeah. But it's still also good at that point to know um, a bit more about like what's around in the school because you might want to go find a restaurant or find some, you know, you know, a seat, quiet seat in a quiet area. So you don't want to just, some people do that. And it's, it's a good way to start is to learn a small area, but eventually you want to try to get a bit of an idea of some of the other areas around because you never know, you know, what's out there and what you yeah, like, need. I, I went back to school. I wanted to go into like some field relating to law. So in mm-hmm. 2012, I went back to school and I, and I took some law classes at Fanshawe and it was, yeah, like it took some time to get my head around the way some of these hallways were connected and interconnected and, you know, they don't always meet at a perfect, you know, right angle. So that took time for me to get my thinking cap back on here and really, really concentrate on my mobility skills to learn how to get like, you know, from point A to point B. Now, I eventually, I just went for that semester and then I eventually decided, well, nah, I don't, I don't really want to go into this program. Uh, and you know, just sort of left that sort of behind. But I mean, it was like, it's never too late to go back to school, whether you're blind, whether you're not blind. And it's never too late to learn a new facility, like a new place as, as daunting as it might seem. So whether it's a campus for school or where you work now, or, you know, for church um, community, how do people, how have you, how has your experience been with people receiving you? Like when you're just doing your job, do you get people approaching you or do you you just like you're able to get on with it and you're common seeing around there all the time now i'm i'm always uh like i i like what i'm doing Mm -hmm. um and i'm just it shows yeah it it it, like a lot of people say you always got a smile on your face i'm like Mm -hmm. oh i do oh okay (laughs) well that's good i didn't know that okay there you go i don't look at myself in the mirror yeah same here um but uh you know like people are seeing good workmanship and what I'm doing and what others are doing and then sometimes they'll talk and I really I really think that that's the defining factor in any kind of organization is the human interaction that you can have with everybody because like whether you're at a grocery store whether you're at a volunteer organization or whatever like everybody can sort of copy stuff so for example uh, a very valuable lesson that I learned when I worked at a grocery store begging groceries in high school for two years is that we were asked at the very first day how do we differ from other grocery stores so that's it we got hired and now we're there doing training so we're in the room with the manager how do we differ from other grocery stores and people are like saying oh we got sales and she said no every every grocery store has sales uh we have a lot of different departments oh no every grocery store has a lot (laughs) of different departments um we get people through the checkout a lot quicker no, no, it's, it's, you can only punch the item in through because back then there was no UPC scanning. Um, 
and then she's like no every, everything like so w- what do we got different and then and then i i said well well we bag groceries for people uh like it was a separate position from the cashier and they're mm-hmm. like no no does some stores you know kind of offer that so she said that we differ by the way we interact and treat the customers we talk to the customers we make them feel at home we make them feel welcome that's why people are going to come back to us sure if we didn't have any sales we wouldn't be on equal footing with everybody else but we can really excel by the way we interact with people saying hello don't just walk by them saying have a great day and same thing too i i use that in my volunteering i use that in all the organizations i use that at work so somebody comes into the washroom and i'm like you know doing the mirrors or the sinks somebody comes in hey how you doing you know like i, I don't ignore them or i'm walking down the hall mm-hmm. and uh sometimes people will be like they'd say hi to me and then like uh, do you remember me I go no not really oh well you talked to me uh, when I was like coming into the change room or when I was like finishing my workout <laughs> I'm thinking to myself okay I believe you I don't know when yeah because I talked to a million people. So as a person with a disability, that's how we could just sort of, you know, stand out. Just you might not see the person. You might not know which way they're going. You might not know their age or whatever. It doesn't matter. If you can hear them walking, if you hear something, if you hear a doorknob, just look in that general direction. It doesn't matter. They're going to know you're blind. Don't be self-conscious about the fact that, oh, I'm not looking at them. I don't give them eye contact. It doesn't matter. Just throw your voice over. Hey, how you doing? Hi there. Or whatever. And you're right in the sense of it just, it, it helps us fit in better if we do more of that because, yeah. I mean, people also just have different personalities and some people are more shy, just blindness aside even. But it's, it is important for us to, to like a big, a big thing that we have is the show being educating people. Um, so it's always good to to talk to people because people, a lot of people might see someone who's blind and they're like, oh, I don't want to distract them. I don't want to say something to them. Like I, I don't talk, I haven't talked to someone blind before. But if if the blind person hears someone coming by and they initiate it and they say hello, then it sort of it makes it, it creates some even ground there. And then you then you start talking and then they might even you know f- they start to forget you're blind because they realize oh. I thought he was just some blind person, but now it's like, oh, he's just another person. Just I, yes, like me, a so. lot of people have said that. A lot of people will, will quote unquote, forget that you're blind because you're interacting at their level. And, um, you know, a lot of people now, you know, like at the organizations and at work, people now are used to, because before it was a new experience, they're used to now having a blind person around. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still learning. Some of them, they'll see me coming and they're, you know, quote unquote, they'll want to get out of the way mm-hmm. and and there, there might be a collision or there I might sideswipe them a little bit and I'm like oh sorry about that and they're like oh yeah I just tried to get out of your way <laughs> and then I just tell them you, you know calmly I just say oh okay yeah but just maybe next time just say hi or something that's a little bit better yeah, than instead of a quiet just like slip out of the way instead yeah. of saying something like there's that. no and, interaction and sometimes you can have a chuckle together over something yeah yeah and I say to them like it's it's a little bit better that way instead of us zigzagging around each other because you don't know if I'm yeah you turn. go one way and then they go the other way and then <laughs> no, you they try- go the same way yeah. yeah so so people go oh okay yeah that makes sense I go because you see me coming but you don't know if I'm going to turn you think I'm going to go straight <laughs> but I could have something in my head going oh I just forgot something and then just want to make a U-turn and take take off going back. So it's just better just say, hey, or hi there, or make, I don't know, wiggle your keys or something in your hand that I know you're there. And then we'll, um, we'll be able to like just sort of get around that and whatnot. So a lot of people have been able to learn and also kind of like know to have, you know, like we're on the same level in the, in their actions sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, so you're still listening to Outlook here on Radio Western. We have Roger here as our guest today. Roger from London. I, you're originally from London, is that correct? Yes, I was born and bred uh, right here. So so that's awesome because we, yeah. we, we always love having guests on the show, um, and it's great when we can find local um, people in the area who are blind who have... Have a story to tell always, and have contributed so much in in the case of Roger here. So, and with your outgoing outgoing style, as you were just describing there, talking to people, you've been you know great help at our barbecues with at Canadian Tire because Brian and I are a little shyer, and when Brian's on the barbecue and I'm trying to make you know count money, you you've been there to greet people, and you just yeah you just yeah I noticed about, that about you for sure. You're great. very very friendly and easy to talk to, and you just oh, you make you. people <laughs> feel very comfortable and welcome. I find so. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, I'm just smiling ear to ear because I I like you know just talking of people and just getting out there and and that you know like like they say you know like a spark can you know light a fire and usually you just throw it out there sometimes people you know like they'll walk by you know at work they'll walk by when we're doing the barbecue they they don't want to talk they don't want to say anything and hey that's fine I don't care I don't take that I don't take that personally yeah some people just don't you know they're busy they just don't yeah they just they're in their own zone or whatever and the same thing too. Um, this past week, uh, our council for the Knights of Columbus were helping out the food bank at the grocery store, handing out bags. That's another spot that people are not expecting a blind person to be doing. Hmm. They don't expect people with disabilities to be there. They expect yeah. people with disabilities to be on the receiving end exactly. of handouts or the receiving end of you know charity their gen- donations. Yeah, so people are coming through the the doors. I go hi there. Or, hey, how you doing? Would you like to help out the food bank with some groceries? Some people will, you know, engage in a conversation, come back, and they'll take a bag or whatever. But at, at the very minimum, I'm out there pounding the pavement, like with everyone else, to uh, to help out the, uh, the needy that are in need of, like, you know, food and whatnot. Yeah, because we can't we can't always level up each other's you know lot in life. You know, you're blind. Someone else, you know, is you know struggling with some poverty. But you know, that's not. People think it's terrible to be blind, but we're trying to show them. And like, we could just spend all our time, all of us, hidden away in our houses. But we'd never get anywhere, and neither would uh, others in society. And so, you're doing so much great stuff. And all that thing about oh, someone's so inspiring. You know, I get that a lot sometimes from people. But I, when I talk to someone like you, I get it, and I, I want to say it to you. Oh, thank you. God just, bless you. Yeah, awesome. I would like to say the just same thing. Just because you thank you, you. <laughs> energize people and you energize me to like to want to do all right. That's my life. Let's go. Thank Woo. you. <laughs> so yeah, and so we could probably talk a whole other hour almost because yeah, we you know we didn't get into a lot of areas that we could have. Yeah, so we had a bunch of notes. Maybe you'll and... come back sometime and. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, talking. and I just encourage people. You know, whether it's uh, you know at church, at work, at volunteering, at whatever. You know, like uh, we can take up leadership roles. We're not just sitting, you know, on the church pew mm-hmm. looking for help, or we're not, you know, people that are in our homes hoping that people would just come knock on our door and and you know free us or save us or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that can help others we're the ones that can help ourselves we can help out the fellow blind people we can help out people in the in the community too yeah that is a great lesson for everybody on this thanksgiving actually yes being thankful for it's not only it's not only pie it's also you know giving and and you know gratitude and and uh, so, yeah, I think you were the perfect guest to have on today, and I'm glad I worked out. Because oh, I, thank you. I know yeah, you, you normally work on Mondays, right? You're hard to catch. Or yeah. often you work exactly. on Exactly. I, I work days. Um, yeah. So, like, being here live would have been very extremely tough. So, mm-hmm. I'm just so glad that I, I had a day off and that I was able to make it in here live. And you know, Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I really appreciate the, the medium of live radio because, you know, I like... 
I like the idea of a podcast or a pre-record, but for some reason, something about live in the moment to me is still yeah. the best. The best way. Yeah, like I, I don't even feel that I'm on the radio. I know, I mean, right? Yes. I, I'm going to be here later tonight to do my show at 6 p.m. But right. I, I honestly, like I'm not, I wasn't nervous at all. And that's that's very uncommon because usually I find myself like, you know, to to open up about like my life and whatnot. There's, there's nothing to hide, of course, but mm-hmm. I've, I've never really, you know, had to talk in that regard. Good. So, I mean, I was quite comfortable coming in because I, I know you guys and whatnot. And yeah. that also like is the same thing too, like with, with uh, when I got involved with the Knights of Columbus 15 years ago, um, you know, just taking on small tasks, small roles. So over the 15 years, guys got to know me. Guys got to know that, hey, we give this guy a task, you know, like we can do fundraising, he can run events and things like Mm -hmm. that. That's why two years ago, then I was nominated and elected as the Grand Knight. So basically I got like almost 90 guys in our council that I'm, I'm leading and I'm not, I'm not saying that like I don't want people to think that like it's a it's a source of bragging because it's not. I'm just trying to really highlight out there mm. that it is possible and it is doable. You have the skills. Just because you're blind doesn't mean you don't or you can't. Mm. It's just that you you got to like build up your skills. Yeah, it's bit up. by bit like you've mentioned about the bite, biting yeah, bites out of an elephant. elephant. It's all bit by bit. You look at someone like Roger and you think, oh, he's like he's doing all this stuff. How is this possible? But it took you a long... It's not like you just did this all overnight. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, nope. over, it's an ongoing process. Over, over a period of many years of ch- helping to change attitudes. When you're involved, that changes attitudes. And usually, attitudes is the biggest barrier to change. And once you change them, then you convince people of your leadership and uh, of your you know skills and talents. So you'll be back tonight then. And yeah, what's, so what's your show called? It's called Splendors of the Catholic Church. It airs at 6 p.m. It's just a half an hour. Mm-hmm. It runs every Monday night here on CHRW. So if folks want to wanna tune in, that's great. I'm always looking for new folks to let me know what they're thinking and, and whatnot. And I always, always, always welcome people when they email me or they contact me and if they're not Catholic because I'm not yeah. appealing just for Catholic. And that's yeah. the thing of our show too. We're not just doing this. We're, well, we're, we're almost not doing this in a, some ways for blind people even. No. I mean, we are, but we're doing it for the sighted population. So it's 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 the people that don't know about this stuff that you're kind of also exactly. trying to do it. Because one time I was offered a Sunday time slot and I declined it. And they're mm. like, well, you know, people are going to church. And, you church. Can, and I'm like, no, yeah, that's okay. People that's are going good. to church. They're going to church. Yeah. Right. Like I, I want to be out where... You don't expect me. There you go. Absolutely, yeah. That's Roger in a nutshell. Thank you. Thank you. All right, yeah, thanks so much. That's awesome. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Roger, that was amazing. Thank you, Roger. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll have you on again. Thanks for our first hour show. Our second hour show. We're making history. (laughs) We did an hour show before (laughs) once. (laughs) I'm forgetting. Anyway, yep, we're always making history. All righty. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good week. We'll be back next Monday at 11. Find us on Twitter. Outlook CFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.